Today's guest is NFL Atlanta Falcons kicker Youngway Koo. Beyond making tackles on kickoff, recovering fumbles, or going 3-for-3 three three on onside kicks, Koo's story to the NFL shows what is truly possible when you fully trust and bet on yourself. Enjoy. How'd you get started kicking football? Um, all right, so I moved to New Jersey from Korea when I was in sixth grade. And um, didn't really know what football was. And, you know, my friends got me into it. So I started playing football then, but I played soccer as well. So naturally they made me, you know, kick and punt and all that. But that's when, you know, people noticed my leg and I didn't really know you know anything about football so my middle school coaches kind of not kind of my middle school coaches explained to my dad like hey like he can have a future in this you know and we didn't know anything about football then so my dad just saw it as like he's just kicking a football what are you talking about you know but that's how I got into football man and um you know one thing led to another and Got an offer to Georgia Southern. And, um, yeah, that's my journey, man. Um, Jersey to South Georgia to, you know, from there, so. Gotcha. And what was that process like for you going from high school to college? Because I know, you know, what you're really good at is you, you're good at working with a lot of high school kids when you're back home in the off season and, um you know, you, you see it kind of firsthand. What was that recruiting process like for you from high school to college? And then what do you think a lot of kids get wrong about the recruiting process for kicking, punting, and snapping today? I mean, at the end of the day, man, it's, it's a business. Like, that's how you got to look at it. So the quicker you realize that, the more productive that you're going to get in recruiting i wish i knew half the stuff that i know now then and you know i might you know have more offers or whatnot um i didn't really go to any camps in high school um i wish i did like i just went to like college camps you know like i went to their Mm -hmm. camps so i just drove to those but i wish i went to more camps to get exposure um but now with social media and all that stuff, like you can research and find out like how to get noticed, mm-hmm. you know, um, how to make, set up your Twitter account, your Instagram account, you know, what are coaches or people who are recruiting for kickers, punters, snipers, like what are they looking for? Like you can research that and find all the answers to do it and, you know, get in contact with college coaches or recruiters that you know would possibly notice you and give you an offer so um i mean when i was in high school man i was coming out i was sending out dvds like i was right you know like that whole twitter thing wasn't as big it was just like starting to pick up i feel like but it wasn't that big so now it's like i think it's easier because of all the resources out there um through social network Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's crazy how it's picked up and especially it's basically the recruiting app of the NCAA. 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, just as well as I do, like, you know, you sat through um, one of John's, um, what was that, seminars or whatever it was mm-hmm. at uh, last year. And if you follow that step by step, like, you will get in contact with a coach at least. You know what I mean? So right. all the resources you need is is out there somewhere. Right. Yeah. And it's just a matter of, of putting in the work. And I think a lot of what trips a lot of kids up in the recruiting process is it's what makes you good at recruiting isn't what makes you good at football necessarily. Like it's a different skill set messaging and reaching out to coaches and trying to be personable and network and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, it transfers to though. like, yeah, you might not be good at it. I mean, I didn't know how to send emails. So you got to figure that out. You have to learn that because that goes a long way. Like when you get a job, like that's how you're going to communicate most of the time, you know, emails, um, stuff like that. So um, you might be getting a head start, you know, in terms of how to send emails to coaches or this and that. I mean, it's, you know, it's, you got to start somewhere. And um, with recruiting for football, like it kind of gives you a jump start. Sure. Yeah, definitely. And that's a skill you're never going to lose, right? It's a great skill to know how to talk to somebody who has power over something that you want, whether it's a coach or a boss. Um, What was that jump like for you from college to the pros? Um, I mean, I was fortunate to get an offer out of high school without going to anything really. Mm-hmm. Um, so once I got there, um, my, I had a great senior year and that kind of put my name out there for me and coming out of Georgia Southern, then it wasn't really, you know, it's not like Alabama or, you know, those SEC schools where, you know, 10 plus people are going to the NFL every year. So you have those resources or, you know, you see what it's like. Um, I mean, we have more now, but then we had like maybe a couple a year you know if that so for me to kind of figure out just the exactly the way I figured out from high school to college I had to figure out how college to NFL worked like how to get an agent what to look for you know all that stuff so um but at the end of the day I, I learned a lot like digging through on my own researching talking to you know people that have gone through it I think is the biggest way I learned Gotcha. And so, you know, obviously you, you had a great year with the, uh, with the Falcons and what, I guess for you, you know, let, let's go a little bit more into the technical side of things and training side of things. What do you think is most important for a kicker to do technically? Like what's the most important thing uh, that you see? Meaning what, what was the most important single thing? Like how, technical yeah. what do you mean by that yeah let me sorry that was a bad question um for, in terms of like key fundamentals right like what, what are like two or three things that you look for in any kick or if you're working with a kid like what are the what are like three important fundamentals that you view as crucially kicking um it's hard right like me like really until i got to the pros i never thought about kicking i just you know, my whole mentality was like see ball, hit ball. Mm-hmm. Um, but I realized that that's not really, you know, going to get you that far, right? Like at the end of the day, you have to become a pro at the craft that you're doing, which is, which is kicking, you know. And for kids, like 
when I was in high school, if somebody told me to, you know, focus on this, focus on that, I didn't really listen because I was, you know, just comfortable with what I was doing. Mm -hmm. But I think the biggest thing is you need to come up with, um, John calls it swing thoughts. Um, for me, it clicked better for me when I said mental cues. Mm -hmm. So pick out, you know, when you're kicking maybe five, six things, maybe. Um, I agree with John that when you're kicking, let's say for a game, you only take two of those because you can't really think more than that. Um, like what I mean by mental cues is just that, all right, my setup is this and my angle is this. And if I do this, it's going to go straight. You know what I mean? You got to come up with what clicks with you. Right. You know, Cause everybody, everybody swings differently. So you, you got to come up with, you know, those kind of checkpoints, I guess, in your um, craft and see what works, you know. How do you kind of balance, um, and, and you and I talked about this before, but, you know, there's high school kids who are probably have pretty good form, but they almost try too hard. And I guess there's a fine line between wanting your swing to be perfect and just kind of trusting your swing and not caring what the result is. So for you as an athlete, how do you balance caring about having like the, the right technique, but also being relaxed enough to just kind of swing and, and not care what the ball does? I think the biggest, I guess, downfall with social media is you compare yourself to others oh. and kicking everybody kicks differently, you know, like, yeah, you can have similar techniques, similar, you know, movements, swings and here and there, but at the end of the day, everybody's different. You know, we're not robots. Like everybody has different swings. So I think when people get caught up is when you watch something on Instagram, like somebody hitting a 70 yarder, and then you're, you're watching that over and over and over again, but it doesn't really help you because that's not how you swing, you know? Um, I think, looking at those and like, all right, I got to do this, you know, kick like this person. Like, I guess it's good to kind of base off that, but at the same time, like it'll, you'll never kick exactly the same as somebody else does. Mm -hmm. So you got to come up with or figure out what works for you. Right. So overthinking or like becoming too mechanical, it's like, well, what are you basing that off of? Like, are you thinking of how you swing or something that you looked at, you know, watch somebody else kick the way you want to kick, you know, it's, I think that's, that's the biggest thing that people get caught up on is like, you got to figure out how you swing the best, you know? Sure. And I'll see that at camps. If there's, if you're there or if another NFL guy is there, you know, there's, like, you know, of course, like if a pro is there, all the kids are like, man, that's cool. And that swing works for them. But then, you know, there'd be a six, five kid trying to swing like their favorite NFL kicker, who's not six, five. So it's a totally different body type and style. And they're trying to mimic something that they're just not built for. Yeah. I mean, you got to find your strengths, man. I mean, if you're like, if you're at a camp, like when I went to camps, when I'm competing, like at a camp setting, like, you know what, how you swing. Like, if you're second-guessing how you're going to swing the next ball because you saw somebody just crush a six-yard in front of you, like, you're not, even, you're not even close to where you need to be because you got to worry about how you swing the ball, you know? Um, right. 
like the whole thing of like iron sharpens iron like it doesn't really work for kickers in my opinion because it's like golfers you know it's not like a wide receiver or db going up against each other it's we're it's you and the ball you know that's it mm-hmm. a golfer you you don't play necessarily against the three other people you play you play the course you know it's like the i think that's the same idea so you got to worry about you and mm-hmm. come up with what what you do best not anybody else right and so when you played for the falcons this season typically speaking like how what was what were some of the distances that you would practice your field goals from because i'll see kids and we see this all the time on social media for, for coaching kids together you know kids automatically they feel a nice breeze and they just want to start cranking 50 yarders 55 yarders um what is what's the reality like how do you how does your team practice and what distances are those like we don't go back far at all man i mean sometimes um you know when you're competing like during camp setting you know during training camp it might be a little different because there's competition but once the season starts like you kind of do what you got to do to get ready for the game like you don't want to be fresh and hitting 65 yarders on a thursday you know like it's not really the goal like you want to be fresh ready to go on sunday so mm-hmm. it's not necessarily about hitting 65 yarders every time you go out there you know once the season starts you got to you know it's all it's, it's all about how consistent you can hit it you know it's not necessarily um the distance per, per se like for me like hitting a 40 yarder would be the same thing as like a 50 55 yarder because now, like, if I'm hitting different from, like, a 60-yarder versus a 30-yarder, like, my swing is different, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like, your extra point should be the same as a 60-yarder. That was my whole thing um, since high school. I was hit right. the same ball every time. Because if you're trying harder because you're farther, then now your swing's changing, your tempo's changing, you know? Right. So it shouldn't matter how far you are from, the, you know, from the distance-wise. Do you have a favorite – failure in your past career that you feel later set you up for future long-term success? Yes. The Chargers experience as a whole. Um, it was, it was a rough time in my journey in terms, you know, as a football career. Um, I learned a lot. I mean, who I am as a kicker, who I am as a person, you know, like going through any kind of adversity at the end of the day, you, you come up better from it. Um, you just got to keep going because, you know, you don't want to be in that, you know, longer than you have to. But I think it was a necessary evil, I guess. You know, it definitely helped me out in terms of growing um, as a kicker and a person, um, learning how it is in the league. You know, as a rookie, like, you try to figure it out as you go, you know. Right. Um like a freshman in college it's the same thing you're trying to feel stuff out and whatnot um and it just happened that with the Chargers deal like you know it didn't go right for me first game second game you know it just you know it didn't work out and for me I I'm grateful for those opportunities because or those failures because I grew a lot from it and um I wouldn't be who I am if it wasn't for those failures. So I don't really look at it as failures, man. It's just a process of the Mm -hmm. journey. Um, If it's, you know, it's the cliche of like, you know, success isn't a straight line. Like, I mean, it's, it's, that's life, you know, you got to bounce back and learn from it. And I think there will be more, you know, failures 
um, in the future. And I look forward to those because I think I'll just come out better from it. Right. How do you, you know, when you're a pro athlete, you have a microscope on you and I mean, you already have a microscope on you when you're a kicker at any level, but then when you do it at your level, you know, there, there can be more pressure. How do you detach and recharge away from football? Like what are there, is there like a habit or a hobby that you really enjoy that you do outside of football that like re-energizes you and helps you to like come back fresh? Um, one thing it works for me. I mean, everybody is different, right? But for me, it was like um, in college, I think the biggest difference from college to the NFL was like in college, we played football or practice football, lift weights. And then we were, I was always with my teammates, you know, room, we roomed together. We had breakfast checked together. So we were always, you know, doing something together. So um, you got to take your mind off of football and it was just that's just how you lived but once you get to the league it's like you know people have families like you've got different stuff going on so after football practice you're not going home with your teammates mm -hmm. like you're going home so you got to figure out like life outside of football you know um you know during the season it's hard to really do anything um in my opinion, um, I like to just kind of hang out, just chill. You know, I, I'm not really uh, big on, big on like, going out and doing stuff to keep myself busy. I like to just, you know, hang out, watch Netflix or something. Um, something just chill, man, you know, nothing right. too crazy. Gotcha. And um, how, how do you approach, like, strength and conditioning? Because obviously, like, as a, as a specialist, you don't – you're not going to train the same way as an O-lineman or a D-lineman. How did you used to train – uh, in terms of strength and conditioning versus how you train now as a pro? Um, it's more refined, I guess. Mm -hmm. In college, like, it doesn't matter. You're a kicker, punter, or snapper. You're lifting with the team and you're conditioning with the team. So it was didn't make any sense for me sometimes because I'm like, well, I'm in great shape come August and then come September – I'm going out of shape because I, we're not conditioning as hard in season, you know? So you kind of know like what works for you and what doesn't. So in college, it's like you are doing everything that a running back linebacker, everybody's doing. And I think it's important because that builds a foundation for your strength program. But um, after college, I kind of figured out like out of all the workouts that I've been through, you know, these, I saw the most benefit from, you know, I, I think this is definitely essential in my workout program. I need that in there. Mm -hmm. um, I think this is just um, more risk for injury. So I'm going to take that out and maybe alter it in a different way, in a safer way. Um, things like that, man. And it's just like smarter. Now it's like, you know, train smarter, not harder. Like not necessarily going like boss a wall every time, like, you know, busting ass. Like that's not really how I go. Um, mm -hmm. I see. Yeah, I work hard, but. Um, it's just, you know, what helps me at the end of the day versus just like in college, it was just like working out ego most of the time, you know, competing against your teammates. So, right. Yeah. And I think it's, uh, you know, you gotta be, especially if there's high school kids listening, you know, you gotta be smart. There's a time and place for moving weights and stuff, but you're, you're no good to anybody if you blow your back out. Yeah. I mean, in high school, I mean, I think it's important to, um, 
build a good foundation. So I think uh, lifting with the team is important, in my opinion, because I think sure. that's going to build a good, solid foundation um, overall, like, you know, building up to be an overall athlete. I think that's important. Not, mm-hmm. you, you know, teams lifting and you're over there just doing band work in the corner. Like, I, I really don't think that's the way to go about it. Right. especially in high school or college. I think it's important to be with the team and for you, like, you know, working out and getting stronger overall. Um, so right. I think you got to go through more workouts and do those stuff to figure out what works for you and what doesn't. So, mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's, it's, I mean, you've been out at CTF and that's such an integral part of what John does. Um, what do you think is the difference between guys who are on the bubble as NFL free agents and specialists versus guys who eventually stick. Cause you kind of have a little bit of perspective of both. So do you think that there, what do you think is the biggest difference between those guys that are kind of on the bubble versus the guys that end up sticking? Um, not much, bro. Like, like kickers, there are so many of us out there, like, it's all about opportunity and whenever that comes, like capitalizing on that opportunity, you know, um, it's, it's the whole package though. You can't just go in there and like have one good workout and then the next day you're not doing as well. Like it's the pros, man. Like you got to produce every single day, every time you're out there because that's your job, you know, it's 32 teams and, there are so many people out there, kickers out there trying to take your job. So you have to be on top of your game, you know? Um, but that's, you know, how, that's how this, this thing goes. Like, it's like a cycle of kickers. It's like, I, I, I think I compared to, to a giant musical chair of kickers. That's a good analogy. Yeah. Cause it's such, such like, unless you have like a good track record, you know, and you, you, you know, had a lot of kicks or consistently and you did well for a couple of years, whatever. Um, unless you have that, it's like if you have one bad game, all right, like the next week, like five kickers are coming in, working out and they're looking at them. You know, it's just that's just how it goes. So. Um, so the difference between free agents that are, you know, getting workouts and the guys in the league um, the only difference would be experience. Um, right. So, you gotcha. know, whenever that opportunity comes, you got to capitalize. What's your preparation like for, like, uh, let's say a team's bringing you out for a workout versus your preparation for practice versus your preparation for a game? So, for example, like, you know, it's the same swing, but it's potentially three different environments. Could you talk me through what your what your preparation is like for those different situations, whether it's a workout, a practice, or a game? Um, yeah. So, getting ready for a workout, that's, that's easy, you know. Um, I think the easiest will be practice, getting ready for practice, because you're really warming up and hitting with the team for maybe five balls, you know. Um, So that's pretty easy, right? Like you're going back to back to back, you know, and you just kick five balls or, you know, at most maybe eight balls and not even that, but – and you're done. So you just warm up to kick those and then you're good. Um, But for a workout, it's like – it's like a mini game. It's like a mini 
our game that you're just kicking nonstop. So it's like a camp environment, right? So you just go in and you got to pretty much hit an A ball every single time in order to get noticed. Um, you know, or separate yourself from others because you're kicking. Let's say you go to a workout with four different kickers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could be kicking against three other kickers right there, but you're kicking against everybody and anybody that worked out for the team before because they have a list. So you right. better be on your game and hit every ball the best to your ability. That's how I approach it. It's like, I'm going to hit an eight ball every single time. Like, yeah, it could go in, but you want to put that thing down the middle, great height, everything, every single time to leave no doubt because you, you have to separate yourself from the pack. And that's how I approached it. Um, and for the game, man, it's it's hard to really get ready for a game because you got to stay warm for three to four hours. And I don't think you want to practice that way. I never agreed with, like, practicing that way. Um, it's just more spaced out. So you just got to be more smart with pacing yourself, right? So, like, you might be kicking a little bit more, but not too much, you know, like, at the end of the day, like on one day, you couldn't, you can't really kick more than like 60, 70 balls, right? Like, so you, it's just in between three hours versus an hour. So um, I think practice and workouts, you can really get a feel for it because you're getting onto a rhythm. Um, but during the game, going by feel isn't necessarily going to work. You can't really get by a game by feel. Like, you have to. That's when I say, like, you got to have your swing thoughts down, your mental cues down, so you know the techniques that you're going back to at the end of the day. Right. And do you follow, like, a certain routine throughout the game? So, for example, like, wh- what do you generally do when the defense is on the field? What do you generally do when the offense is on the other side of the 50? Is there, like, a certain structure that you you follow? Um. Yeah, I mean, but it's all really by feel for me, like, in terms of how my body feels. Mm-hmm. So, um, I've I've been a guy in college where I was amped up, you know, emotionally attached to the game, and I'm, you know, like, headbutting guys ready to go, right? <laughs> but it's not what we do. We got to be calm. Like, what we do, we can't be amped up like that. So, when defense is on the field, I'm usually on the bench, like, sitting down. Um, because I used to Stanford – the entire game and um, towards the end of the game, my lower back was getting tight or whatever. So I take the time to like sit down and just kind of, you know, I'm still zoned in, but letting my body kind of rest a little bit on the bench. Um, And then once we're on offense, whatnot, you just kind of kept going. I warm up a little bit and kick kick into the net a couple of times by the time we get into the red zone and, you know, and do that because I could do that every time and I could kick maybe one field goal, you know, you know what I mean? Right. So it's all about just, you know, pacing yourself of what you've got to do to be ready. And, you know, cause I could feel great by first quarter, but then I kick into the net 50 times and fourth quarter come and I can't kick a 55 yard or 50 yard. Like, all right, like you kind of lost your purpose there. Right. So. Right. All about figuring that out. And I think a lot of high school and college guys just burn through reps on the sideline and they're, 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 there's a, yeah, you're right. Like there's a balance, like you want to get warmed up, but you're no good if you use your best stuff on the sideline. Right. I mean, especially, especially on a game day, man, like you're going to be ready. Like your body's ready to go. So it's all a mental thing. Um, 
like your body's warm and it's loose it's ready to go because you probably did the stretching you warmed up properly you did all that and you're moving around so kicking to the net 50 times won't make you help you kick better you know it's um just figuring out what works for you sure can you talk a little bit about what a typical week of practice is like for you? Like, how do you guys, like, what days are you doing most of your kicking? When are your off days? What's that like? Uh, so, I kick, what, twice a week? Three, including the game day. So, I'll kick Wednesday and Friday. So, I'll kick every other day. So, Wednesday... Thursday off, Friday kick, Saturday off, Sunday game. Gotcha. Yeah, because I'll see some high school and college kids kicking like 30, 40 balls the day before a game, and it's just like <laughs> this is amazing. I had, to, I had to deal with that in college. Really? Like I had coaches that made me kick literally like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like I think maybe Friday off and then Saturday game, and I hated that. You know, like, it, I didn't see any reason to. It's like, okay, I understand practicing, but it's like, I think the end goal is to be ready, fresh, ready to go on Saturday, not necessarily for Wednesday, Thursday. Um, but, you know, you got to go through this stuff to figure it out. And you got to, you know, figure out how to deal with coaches in that manner too. Um, because at the end of the day, like, if if you don't kick, on practice in practice when coach is asking you like you might not be playing on Saturday so it's it's uh you know it's it's tricky thing that you got to figure out sure can you talk a little bit about what it's what it was like having a guy like Ryan Allen as a a teammate and holder I mean obviously he has quite a bit of experience what was that like for for you working with him getting to work with him this season man having that experience you know helps me out big time just having a veteran like that um I mean along with Josh the snapper you know Bosch the punter he was there like them three have over 20 years of experience you know like combined together so um it's definitely helpful you know it's like maybe uh you hit a you miss a field goal right it's like all right or there's something wrong where you're not feeling right. It's like, all right, like they have been through a lot of situations. So they could guide you the right way, you know, mentally, physically, or whatever, how to deal with certain things um, on and off the field. So having those veterans is huge, man. Especially um, for me, it was like holding. It was like Ryan's money at holding, man. Like he knows what he's doing, confident in it. And it's, you know, especially when we haven't worked together at all. And we three, like maybe in a week. Yeah, it was in a week that we had had to play a game together. Um, And for those guys to like come through and make all that stuff easy, like, you know, that's that's when the experience comes through. Right. And when you're kicking, I mean, obviously Atlanta has, it's indoors, but um, when you're kicking with windy conditions, do you change your swing at all? Or do you like, because some guys change their swing a little bit. or other guys will just change how the ball's held. How do you deal with different types of wind as a kicker? I hit it the same and just aim differently. Um, like if it's a crosswind, it's 
if I hit the same ball, it should just move with the wind. So um, I don't, I, I don't think I ever change my swing. Um, I just aim, you know, maybe left middle of the upright or, you know, depending on how strong the wind is, you know, um, you just change your aiming point. I never really change the swing. Um, I tried the, uh, the ball tilt. I didn't really like it. Um, some people like, some people like it, but for me, it never worked. Like the whole, if the wind is in your face, they tilt the ball forward. Mm -hmm. That never works for me. So that's, you know, that's, that's what I mean. Like you've got to figure out what works for you. Like for me, when the ball tilts forward, like I tend to tow it. So into the wind, that's like the worst thing you want to do. So, um, yeah, you know, it's, for me, it's just hitting the same ball every time, you know, it's, unless it's like a tornado out there, like you should be able to hit it, you know, right. pretty. So try to swing the same, just aiming points different. Sure. And what would be one piece of advice you would have wished you had given yourself when you first started out in the NFL, knowing what you know now? Knowing what I know now, Uh, I've never thought about that. I mean, I guess, I guess it, I kind of did that last season, right? It's like knowing what I know, what I have learned within the year and a half since the Chargers experience, it's like, what am I going to do now? And I mm -hmm. think the Falcons thing showed that, um, just how to be a pro, how to approach the game, how to, at the end of the day, put it to the uprights, get your job done. You know, that's all it comes down to. So I think the biggest thing was putting my energy, energy towards the things that mattered, you know. Um, right. I think my rookie year, I think I tried to be perfect in every aspect of life, like on and off the field. Um, maybe trying to please everybody, you know, all that, like trying to, you know, do all the right things at all times. But now it's like, you know, be yourself do what you got to do at the end of the day, just put it through the uprights, like uprights. That's, that's your job. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, you, what's interesting is you have a, a level of detachment from the result of your kicks. How did you develop that detachment? Like, it's almost like, you know, when I see you kick or if we're fortunate enough to, to be on the same field a couple of times, you you really care about your form and you have your swing thoughts and stuff but i've never you know you never really you might miss hit the ball but it never lets you you never like kind of snowball into a bad session can you talk a little bit about like how you can simultaneously work on like a technique thing while at the same time being detached from being perfect um, I mean, I'm hard on myself, right? But mm -hmm. it's it's easier said than done. But it's like you're only as good as your last kick. Um, like, yeah, the short-term memory thing. It's like, all right, you missed. How are you going to overcome that? Like, just forget about it, right? Um, and it's really that simple, you know. Um, especially during practice, it is because you kick one let's say you miss it you can kick like 
again right after to get rid of that thought or that swing or that feeling, you know. But in a game, like, you miss one, you come to the sideline, you might be staying there for 45 minutes trying to figure it out why I miss, and you might just completely, you know, be in this hole because you just sat there for 40 minutes. 45 minutes just thinking about your miss miss kick right you know that's that's the worst thing you can do that's why i say you got to come up with what works for you in terms of the techniques mental cues so you go back to those foundations right um because if you're going by feel in practice or workouts like you can get through that because you're kicking another ball right after pretty soon after mm-hmm. so you know, it's easy during the game. I mean, during practice and during workouts, like, just hit the next ball fine. Like, based on how you hit the last one, just fix it. Um, in a game, that's why, you know, I said it was a little different from workouts to practice to uh, to a game. But just honing in on your craft so that you're confident in your, in your swing so that you're not over there thinking, oh, what went wrong. Right. Gotcha. Um, so, you know, John Carney talks a lot about A ball, A, A ball days versus B ball days. And I think when we work with high school kids, a lot of them are obsessed with hitting that perfect ball. But then if it's not quite clicking, it's really easy for a session to kind of spiral out of control and then they have a bad day and all this stuff. What is your, what's your B ball like? Have you had a, a day or a practice or a game where it was like something just ain't clicking, but you still had to get the job done? And kind of what's your process like with that? Yeah, I mean, I had I had a game like that. Um, I I went, what was it? I went through the warm-ups, felt pretty good, you know. And then I came out and I missed the first field goal. Um, and it was grass, like, became loose, and my, you know, cleat was too short, so I was slipping. Mm-hmm. So I changed my cleat mid-game after the first kick, and I just didn't have to feel because I didn't really have to warm up or whatever, right? So with the new cleat and whatnot. But it's like, all right, you're in a game, so you're going to kick again, so you have to put it through the uprights, right? So that's the time where I'm like, all right, like, just get it done. You know, and that's when, again, my swing thoughts and my mental cues, that's when it came, you know, I focused on one thing, maybe two things. It's like, all right, I'm just going to do this, make solid contact, and that's going to go in. Because at the end of the day, man, like, if you hit a solid ball, like, you should be, you know, good from a certain range. Like, you don't have to kill a ball to make a 20 yard like you don't have to like crush a crush the ball and have an a ball to make like a 30 yard you know what i mean right so just hit an extra point you know and what your range is like you just make a solid contact and you know like you have the leg strength to make it from certain distance so right. if you're you know for me it's like all right like extra point 33 yard like all right make a contact like should go in unless there's a strong headwind or some crazy wind out there, like, you make a contact, like, it should be fine, you know? So getting caught up in crushing the ball every time is never the right way to go. Uh, right. For me, it's, like, just focus on contact. That usually works for me. Um, but for other people, it could be something different, you know? 
Sure. Yeah. And you know, if you get for, but for you though, your, your lead domino is contact. When that happens, everything else is easier. Right. Do you have any weird game day or like kicker superstitions? Like, do you put one cleat on before the other one or do you have any like pregame superstitions like that? Yeah, I uh, don't. (laughs) I I, like, so certain people, like a lot of people actually are like that. Right. And I'm not at all like that. So, you know, Josh, the sniper, he'll be like, Hey, are you like during practice even that week? He'll be like, Hey, are you wearing that during the game? like no it's like well you should be worrying that you know practicing like how you you know you're gonna play in the game but for me it's like dude it's it's wednesday like you know sunday i'll I'll, you know i know what i'm gonna do in a game so it's you know but everybody's different like he has to do everything you know practice how you play and for me it's like like i know what i have to do on game day so um it's not really which cleat or which sock do I put on first? It's really all comes down to, okay, my swing. How am I going to hit the ball? Right. So. Gotcha. Yeah, I've heard some, some funnier superstitions for sure. I mean, but I think, you, you know, it's probably best to not have any because then if you don't do that superstition on game day, you know, you don't get all inside your own head. Um, what, do you, what do you look at for cleats? Like, what's your favorite pair of cleats and why? What are you wearing right now? And, and how do you kind of like to doctor up your, your cleats? Um, so, I, so, I just recently started this. So, I have a turf shoe, turf cleat, and then I have a natural grass cleat. Um, okay. It's something I picked up last season. Like I said before, you know, I slipped um, on a field goal, and I was like, all right, it's not going to work. So, I have – um tiempos i like the front like tooth on there you know like the cleat that has like on tiempos it has one towards the toes and i really like that on grass because i didn't feel like i was gonna spin out on my drive step so i use that for natural grass and um on turf it's really it doesn't really matter anything i just kind of shave it down a little bit Mm -hmm. gotcha Gotcha. Awesome. What it would be, so we'll kind of end on this question. Oh, uh, second to last question. You got to ask about the onside kicks. So obviously everybody saw that you, you went three for three on onside kicks. Can you take us through what that was like? And then what's your one piece of advice for how to make an onside kick work? Man, that thing is all luck. I mean, <laughs> people are going, you know, like, how did you do that? Well, you know, it's like, you know how many times I did that in practice and it just, like, never bounced up? Like, <laughs> all right, we'll see how it goes. Just make sure it goes 10 yards. That was the whole thing, you know? Right. And for whatever reason, on that game day, I decided to go at the perfect pace, have the right bounce, and my guys were covering really well. You know, it's multiple of things, you know. Um, you know, how the football is, you can't really predict where that thing goes. Um but I think the biggest thing is pace. Like, if you get the ball 10 yards, like, a little too fast, like, your guys are not there, so they're just going to catch it. So I think it was really, like, the speed, for some reason, just came out perfect. And, um, you know, and the guys covered great. You know, it's it's not really how, how I kicked it. <laughs> it's, it was all luck, man. That's all. Yeah, well, 
I'm sure Sean Payton wasn't too happy with it. But um, <laughs> what would be – so, you know, at some point you're, you know, you're, you'll be older and your playing days will be behind you. When you look back at your career someday in the future, what's the one thing you want people to remember about your career? Um, wow, that's, uh, that's deep. I, I haven't <laughs> thought about that, man. I'm, um, I'm a guy where I, uh, just focus on the present, you know, I, uh, live day by day, kind of do what I got to do today and then do the same thing tomorrow. And then those days will stack and, um, hopefully something great is built when I look back at it at some point. Um, and I don't think I can answer that question until I'm at that point in my career where I can look back at it and be like, oh, these are the things that I've done. And depending on how I feel, you know, is, but right now I'm trying to compete this off season and win the job and keep going. So it's, it's, uh, that answer is to be determined. Right. But I think that's also one of your, your key strengths you have, you're very good at kicking and staying and, and practicing in the moment you know even even if it's just when you're kicking off sticks you never let or at least when not my experience you've never let worrying about the the you know four balls down the road it's always just what's right in front of you and I think that's probably the the best asset any kicker can probably have I mean anything like anything in life like you gotta live in the moment like that's like why would your mind be somewhere else when you can be putting 110% into the thing that you're doing. Um, if like, for me, it was like, if I miss this kick right here, I could not be here tomorrow. I could be home. Like, so why am I thinking about anything past this kick or this moment? You know, cause like that whole thing of like, tomorrow's not guaranteed. I guess you can put it that way, but it's like what you're doing right now is by far the most important thing that you can be worried about. That's awesome. Awesome, man. Well, I just now a word from our sponsor, Wizard Sports. For high quality athletic practice equipment, you just can't beat Wizard Sports equipment. The products they offer are designed with the highest standards. With input from pro athletes and equipment managers, Wizard Sports continues to offer the best in the game and practice sports equipment. They've been in business since 1984 for a reason. We have a great customer following, and if a problem or question comes up, we're always there to help. Be sure to check out Wizard Sports today at wizardsports.com. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Kickers Are People 2 podcast. If you like this episode, or even better, if you didn't like it, please drop us a review on iTunes so we can get better for everybody else. This is important because we're going to start to give away some free, cool prizes in the coming weeks, episodes, and seasons. Thank you.